Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are going through Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs one minute at a time. I'm Kester Dorowski. And I'm Andrew Dorowski. And we are again joined by John Dorowski. Welcome again. Thank you. Amazing and what we today... can accomplish with the tin can and strings nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> well, slightly more complex than that. <laughs> And today we are covering Minute 28, which starts with one dwarf saying, let's sneak up on it. And it ends with one dwarf stuttering over his words, trying to say, uh, search every... Now I can't say it. <laughs> what, what is it? Um... What, what is he supposed to be saying? Now I have his words stuck in my head. Uh Nook and cranny. Yes. There we go. <clears throat> so that that is Doc, and we we talked about his 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 stutter. Yes. Uh, he says this minute, um, along with trying to say Nook and cranny several he, different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, he says squeak up instead of sneak up. Boy, is he right though. They, they do squeak up. <laughs> it's the squeakiest this house has ever been. <laughs> yeah. And come on, hen? Yes, instead, instead of, of men. That's, that's what I have that he stutters this minute. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's... And, and it's the, uh, the assault on their own home. <laughs> they approach their, their own home with a lot of caution... Uh, that door, so they, they peek their heads through the door. Mm -hmm. The minute before they said the door was open. Yeah, and, and it was open. And the minute open. before that, so on Monday, the animals... Or, or, yeah. yeah, on Monday, the Monday, animals ran out. The animals, or it may no, have been, it might have been yesterday. Uh, they, they ran out and they kicked the door open, wide open. Yes, and, and it's open when they sneak up to it from the exterior. And then it's... Is it closed, closed, or it just seems partially to be closed? Like partially closed. Like okay, so it's not too bad, but like this doesn't quite line up. Yeah. Well, first off, I'm a little surprised that uh, they're surprised the door is open because it's unlocked when Snow White first gets there. They have trouble with locking doors. <laughs> Even their locked doors aren't that well locked, as we learned about the vault last week. Yes, they have the same attitude to securing their home as they do securing their vault. Um, but uh, yeah, so they shouldn't be terribly surprised. I think they're most surprised that there's smoke coming through the chimney and, and light on. Yeah. Yes. Um, which is super dangerous, because that means there's fire and, and candles, which is also fire going inside their wooden house. So Snow White was a little well, careless. Is just, the house, she just falls asleep. Is the house wooden or only partially wooden? I'd say enough of it's wooden mm -hmm. for me to say it's a lumber-based construction. Yeah. Um, there's definitely some, some I would, I'm guessing, plaster um, walls mm -hmm. or plaster to the walls. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of wood. Like, the mantle is wood. The windows are framed by wood. All the beams are exposed. Yeah. Um, but like, that means there's a lot of open flame yeah. going on. And she's asleep. Not yeah. Taking well, care of the flame. Not to I mention mean, the food, a, which might burn, but that's tomorrow. That's a, it's in a fireplace. So, you know, it's, I reasonably agree. You safe. probably, you don't probably don't want to leave it unsupervised like she does, but, uh, it is a place for fire. Yes. 
Um, but I'm curious where the candles are because we don't really see them. And when they go in, it seems a lot darker, darker than mm-hmm. when they see it from outside. Yeah, those two or three windows at the front of the house were definitely illuminated um, more than when they get inside. Because when they get inside, the candle that Doc is suddenly holding uh, is casting most of the shadows. Mm-hmm. Well, before they uh, sneak up on their own house, uh, they kind of wonder what is causing this. Mm-hmm. And so they go through a list, maybe a ghost or a goblin, a demon or a, demon or a, dragon. Or a dragon. Yeah. So do you think those things really exist in this world? Um, or are they just see. being superstitious? Ghosts, goblins, demons, demons and dragons. dragons. Well, okay. You, you haven't heard this because it hasn't been released. Um, by the time you were listening, we had some theories about what was echoing back to them in the mine <laughs> last week. We've come up um, with a... We're pretty sure there's a... a vault monster. Yeah, there there's a, a gem-eating monster of some kind named Vault. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they have... The, the word vault, vault over the vault door. Uh, is, and is why they, they have the key On out, the outside. outside. It's just to keep vault, vault in. in. Okay. Um, and, so they, and, and and there's some sort of monster that sings back to them from the mine. Yeah. So they are digging up these jewels then to satiate feed? vault. Yes, we think to feed vault. Yes. Okay. So we're like we we're not sure. They don't know what they're digging them for, <laughs> but they also get rich quick. Yes. But they also, if it sounds like a garbage diamond, apparently they just dump it off the cliff, which we theorized is uh, where all the grass diamonds. Uh, come from in the Legend of Zelda games. <laughs> uh, they're I just see. getting poured out. Um, but yeah, so so there could be monsters. There could be monsters. Yes, but then right after they have this list, uh, Grumpy, of course, being the most negative, jumps in. Mark my words, there's trouble of brewing. Felt it coming all day. My corns hurt. Yes. And they all accept this as a sign that, oh, there's trouble. So is they're this, obviously... This, yep, definitely trouble. Yeah, they obviously have some superstition. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, are are they just being superstitious about these things, or do they really think a dragon is inside <sighs> their house and, set, and started the fire? Well, if, if this is in continuity with the majority of the Disney uh, princess canon in particular, then there's definitely magic. In fact, we know there's magic. Yes. Um... And we know that a dragon can happen by magic uh, from Sleeping Sleeping Beauty. Beauty. So there is room for that. Uh, Later on, when the queen is brewing a potion, uh, there's mummy dust. And I assume that would not just be from, like, a dried up mummy. I assume that's from, like, a mystical reanimated mummy. So, you know, there's room for that. Um, there's deleted sequences of moving skeletons mm-hmm. um, in in the castle, in the dungeon. So ghosts, I'm going to say, are quite plausible. Dragons, almost certainly plausible. Um, demons and goblins, I don't know. Well, we don't know what Vault is, so he could be yeah. a demon. <laughs> or sorry, it could be a demon. It could be a goblin. Don't want to yes. be gender specific on that. <laughs> Yeah, Vault is not a gender-specific name. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, we do... At the very least, we do know they're superstitious to some degree, even if they these monsters may exist. Yes. If um, Again, if it's consistent with the the 
Disney canon. Uh, gargoyles happen. <laughs> a- animate gargoyles happen. Uh, trolls. Rock trolls in particular definitely happen. Yeah, fairies. Uh, fairies are in there. So I'm trying to think. I don't think I've got any occasions of goblins. But um, Hercules would account for demons. Well, this is assuming that these things all exist within the same story world, which will be something yes. you can explore in future with future films. I, I have my theories. <laughs> yes. Um. So, of course, we all know about. The, I don't know. The, of... We all know about mm-hmm. the grand unifying Pixar theory. So maybe there's a grand unifying Disney theory. Yes. Um. But yeah, I don't know about uh, goblins in particular. But so far, I'm gonna say. Sure, it's possible that any of these things may have actually been encountered by the dwarfs. Yeah. Uh, or a or friend a of a friend. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right. So along with that, uh, going with a slightly different theory than Vault the Jewel-Eating Monster, the dwarves are a bit cowardly. Uh, they're fine as long as they're in a group and approaching the house, but they're still cautious and they tend to... St- all want to stay to the back. Mm-hmm. They uh, they approach with weapons raised. Yes. Well, Batman, going back to the roots of my study, famously said, criminals are a cowardly superstitious lot. Mm-hmm. These dwarves are cowardly and superstitious. Are, are they criminals? They criminals? Maybe really, they're not supposed to be mining that mine. Who really owns that mine? And what are they doing with all those jewels if not feeding a monster? Hmm. We don't know. And they don't seem to know either, but they have a lot of them, and they seem to be of high quality. Yeah. At least 50 carats, some of them. Uh, one of the bags that they put the, the gems into is marked as a 50 carats and, gem and bag. There is a 20. 20. Yeah. And then there's a third one that we can't we don't know. see. The... Um, so high quality gems, lots and, of them. And they have a hideout in the middle of the forest where no one is supposed mm-hmm. to find them. It's true. And we don't know if it's theirs. Yeah. So they could have usurped that cottage. But they seem pretty nice. Yeah. For the most oh. part. Yeah, they're playing nice criminals. Some of them are gentlemen. Not all of them. Some of them are very violent. Fortunately, these are not the violent kind. Otherwise, right, uh, otherwise uh, hmm. Snow White would be getting a very different greeting when she wakes up. Well... They're preparing a certain type of greeting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I have no foundation to say that they are not fugitives or criminals. Yeah. I, I like fugitive better than criminal. Yeah. Criminal seems like makes it sound like they're active, actively yes, doing I, something nefarious. Um, Whereas, uh, we we don't trust the government of this particular kingdom because of the no. queen. So they could just be fugitives. Yes. I like that a lot better. Okay, let's run with that. Fugitive yeah. miners so, in the forest. Yes, fugitives from justice doing something with drools that may or may not involve a monster. What if, because we know, I okay, I'm going to stretch here. I'm going to stretch my, uh-huh. my head cannon a little bit here. We know from the huntsman that something terrible happens if you defy the queen, and he is afraid of it. What mm-hmm. if that is to be forced to mine and not know why you just you just have to mine like it's a curse because then, last week um, Cassandra from from Lord of the Rings minute 
had a theory that they were cursed to mine the mine. Hmm. But then, like, but he's tall and he's human. He's what, not a dwarf. I mean, yeah, it's just what happened. Like, it just so happened that the previous seven people to incur her wrath were dwarfs. Or they were children. And it is known that in this time period, when this is set, children went to work very young. They would have gone into mines, especially and to get so, to some of those tough places, and that would have affected their growth. And so they making, were cursed and stunted. Yeah, so they either have stunted growth, which allows them to be short and old now, if they've been <laughs> cursed this entire time, uh, or they have a form of dwarfism, just naturally. Hmm. Questions. Yes. Questions for which we don't have answers. Yes. No, but it's, as I said, it's fun to ponder this headcanon. Speaking yes. of head, and speaking of headcanon, Doc, uh, would you trust a doctor who speaks with so many malapropisms? Um, I would like to not say that I would <laughs> distrust him because of just some some speaking difficulty. Um, I would say otherwise he seems to be totally competent and he doesn't always. Yeah. It's, uh, I'd say, especially when he's emotionally agitated in this case by fear. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you say, you say he's and, competent. And trying to overcome fear. Yeah. Well, you say he's competent and that brings up the internal question. Just what is he a doctor of? Minology. <laughs> Gem he's a, studies. He's, he's a geologist? Um, he's, possibly. He's, I mean, he he knows a good diamond from a bad, based on sound. Yeah. He's he's obviously not an allergist. No. Um, he's not treating the hay fever with any level of skill. No. Um, so, yeah, I would agree he's probably not a doctor of medicine. Yeah. Um, almost certainly not. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, geology if, is as good as any, if, if he was, if he is a doctor. Now going back a moment, if they were cursed as children to work in the mine resulting in stunted growth, how did he get his doctorate? <laughs> um, he just has been there so long. It's, it, it's like an honorary title. <laughs> uh, he's, he's been there the longest. They weren't all cur- cursed at the same time. Yeah, maybe it's something like that. Which would make sense with Dopey, who was obviously the youngest one there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Dopey. Yes. Who was it? Uh, It was one of the Indiana Jones minutes. Jerry. It was Jerry. Um, He told us to keep an eye out because there's a theory going around. That Dopey is a woman. Yeah. Um, and certainly there's femininity yeah. um, to his animation that the others lack. Well, yes. Um, and part of that could just be the lack of beard. Yeah, lack of beard, bigger eyes, more expressive eyes, which mm-hmm. uh, could just be a sign of youth. Uh, there's an essay, and I mm-hmm. can't remember who wrote it, uh, who discusses Mickey Mouse uh, as this very cheerful symbol, and part of it is the big eyes, which... All animals, when they're young, have uh, proportionally their eyes are bigger than the rest of mm-hmm. their fit. So that changes over time, and so big eyes are assi- uh, give you that youthful appearance. Um, yeah. Additionally, he has 
or he or she has the longer coat, which is a little more dress-like, even though they keep tripping mm-hmm. over it. I I can't look at that and not see um, Mickey's costume from the Sorcerer's Apprentice in Fantasia. Mm-hmm. With the long sleeves, too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely see that as a, a reference at this point. Uh, any significance on the colors that they wear? Because um, Dopey has... A purple and hat purple. and a green jacket. Yeah, and the other ones are all kind of reds and browns. Maybe a yellow? I'm trying to remember. Um, there's, there's some, some yellow yellows. in there. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that no, it's a- any more meaningful um, other than to be distinctive. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a greenish yellow that uh, Dopey wears. Yeah. Um, Happy has some yellow. He has yellow sleeves and a red vest, I think. Oh, well, yellow makes sense for Happy. Yes. I like Happy a lot. Happy's probably my favorite after Doc. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, bring, that brings up an interesting question. Uh, we have the visuals, uh, which, yeah, like Doc and Happy are very, and Dopey, very cheerful appearances. But mm-hmm. who do you think does the best voice work for the dwarves? I quite like the voice work on happy. I think his voice is distinctive and conveys happiness very well. Like there's almost always a little bit of a laugh to everything mm-hmm. with happy. I think that's really impressive. Well, we'll talk about it in about two weeks, but I do like the way that he introduces himself and then, um, the other, uh, and then dopey. Yeah. He, he has one of the, uh, he's, Maybe the second most lines after Doc, probably. Um, Or Grumpy. Maybe he's third. Yeah. Doc, Grumpy, and then Happy, I would say, speaks the most. Right. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to lean towards Happy as my favorite as the vocal performer. Um, I think there's a really difficult line that they have to balance for being cheerful and happy and, like, having this sort of laugh to everything without it being disingenuous. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do have to say that um, the voice of Grumpy, mm-hmm. uh, Pinto Kaldig, I think, I don't know how to pronounce it really, but um, he's also the voice of Sleepy. Hmm. And it's, uh, they, they, they do seem to have a little bit, or, or like, they don't sound like the same person. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have guessed that those were the two that were the same. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say that in terms of voice work, Sneezy. Uh, being able to sound like you're stuffed up and on the verge of a sneeze all the time is really um, hard. Yeah. Well, the so. voice of him was a comedian that uh, basically rang up Walt Disney and and gave him his sneezing bit. He had a big sneezing <laughs> bit, and then that's how he got his his dwarf his in dwarf there. It, uh, role. Yeah. <laughs> that's as good a reason as any to get that role. Yeah. 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 It, it works. So I, I do have one question about this minute uh, that hasn't come up so far. When they sneak into the house, uh, Dopey puts his head on the floor and, and like goes between Sleepy's beard. Mm-hmm. But then as they go in, Sleepy steps on Dopey's head and it looks like something comes off Dopey's head. And to me, it looks like, like a squirt of baby powder or something, but I don't know what it's supposed to be. Oh, I know what you're talking There's about. There's like a little puff as he steps on Dopey's head. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. Like, is it like? Does that make Dopey sweat? Is it making him like 
breathed heavily for a second. I don't know. It's a weird animation note. Hmm. And I don't I know what to make of it. Yeah. Well, I didn't notice, so I can't tell you. Um, I did obviously, notice that, but I didn't I, like, I, take note. Yeah. That's the that's my big question for this minute. Hmm. Like, what's up with Sneeze or uh, Dopey. Dopey's head when Sleepy steps on him? Okay. But, yeah, next time you're watching it, keep your eyes open for it. I will. Uh, anything else on this minute? No, not that I have to mention, no. Nothing Dumb. I can't save till tomorrow. The The last thing I have is that um, Doc instructs them to search every uh, crook and nanny. So you got to make sure your crooks and nannies aren't walking away with anything. Uh, Hook and granny. Wait, wait, he said he th- crooks and nannies? Yes. Crook? Search mm. every crook. Or, no, sorry. Every every cook and nanny. Okay. Okay, because I it would have been wrong. not a, not yeah, a crook. Crook is later. We're not fueling the fugitive. Darn it! <laughs> theory. Um, yeah, every every cook and nanny, uh, every hook and granny. So old people aren't exempt. <laughs> and then also every crooked fanny, but he doesn't quite get that one out. He catches himself. Cro- crooked. Fa- fa- yeah. <laughs> Search then, everything, and then it leads yeah, to and then he, he's like, okay, this minute. is getting away from me. Yeah. But he was on the verge of saying every crooked fanny. Which would have been so scandalous in the in the first full length Disney film. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, well, this was during the Hayes Code, where everything had to be very squeaky clean. Yes, uh, the Hayes Code is predating uh, any type of film rating. There are very strict rules about what could be said or shown uh, in anything. One of my favorite workarounds for the Hayes Code is in Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Because an on-screen kiss has a very limited uh, time frame that's allowed in the Hayes Code. I think it's like three seconds. So in Casablanca, there's uh, a scene where Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman kiss. But because you can only have like a, I think it's like three seconds of on-screen kissing. Um, they kiss and then the camera pans away and pans down and looks around the room a little bit. And then it pans back to them and they are still kissing. And so you know in your head that they've been kissing for like 10 to 12 seconds, even though they were only shown to be kissing uh, at each moment for like three seconds. Right. So some creative filmmaking to get around well, rules they, of the Hayes Code. <laughs> they have some creative storytelling in Snow White to get around it too. Because, I mean, you have a single woman who's going to be living with seven single men. But uh, what they do is they infantilize the dwarves uh, all throughout the opening minutes. Uh, Snow, when she's in the cottage, Snow White thinks that they're children. Right. She's not and, planning to live in a home with with men. Yeah. And then even when uh, but that sets up an expectation, a pattern where she's going to treat them like children and she's going to fulfill the role of a mother. Yes. She's so, taking for them. Yeah. And so because of that you know that there's uh, that none of these uh, dwarves are romantic interest. Yeah. And therefore and so this, it makes it very safe. Yeah. Um, this to, is a safe situation for her to, to early 1900s um, ideals about morals and film. Yeah. Well, yep. 
earlier than that, it's, uh, you know, the fairy tale itself. You have to have some workaround in there. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for today. A little longer at the end than we expected. But uh, you can share us with your friends or give us reviews and ratings uh, in the podcast receptacle of your choice. Uh, and you can find us at protagonistpodcast.com slash dame. You can also check out the Protagonist Podcast. It's another podcast that uh, I work on. John has been a guest on. Uh, we do with uh, 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 another brother of mine, Joseph, who will be a guest on this in a few weeks and we'll be back tomorrow with more Snow White and Seven Dwarfs but until then just whistle while you work <laughs>